This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now, and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only while supplies last. See store for details. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers, and you know what makes me mad? When insurance companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. We're not here to talk about Raptors Hawks. It's actually in progress right now. Raptors are down 79 to 75. With seven minutes left in the third quarter, Pascal going to the free throw line. Pascal's been a monster for the first half. But we're here to talk about the trade deadline, um, JV getting shipped out for Marc Gasol, and joining me to talk about that uh, are two of JV's biggest fans, Sahal. Take that back, man. You know you know that's not me, man. Take that back. And Assad. Uh, hi, William. It's... Very pleasurable to join you tonight oh, God. Um, on this show to talk about Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, but I, I'd like to start with, I think, the main trade of the evening. Uh-huh. Um, Gregory Gregory Monroe uh, traded to the Brooklyn Nets with a second-round pick for cash considerations. I mean, you're an accountant, um, so you tell us how that deal went. <laughs> I don't know, boss. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, let's start at the top. First off, um, I don't think we were expecting this move. At least I personally wasn't. It, it seemed more like leading up to the trade deadline, Raptors were talking about Mike Conley and things of this nature. But all of a sudden, you got the Milwaukee Bucks um, acquiring Nikola Miritich. And people acting very shameful on the timeline, actually. I saw prominent oh, God. basketball, uh, knowledgeable basketball people talking about, now. wow, now I want to trade Kawhi Leonard because the Bucks got Nikola Miritich. Imagining tweeting those things. I would never. But... Um, the Raptors, res- the Raptors responded like 20 minutes later by saying, okay, bet. We got Mark Gasol, and uh, we'll, we'll obviously start with Mark. I mean, Sahal, explain to me why the Raptors got Mark Gasol and why this matters. I mean, Mark Gasol, the first thing you hear when uh, the Raptors traded for him was his age. But people forget that the Gasols are, are a different breed. They're a totally different. <laughs> they're a totally different type of NBA player. They're... Uh, they've mastered the fu- the fundamentals of the, of the NBA of basketball. Um, Gasol brings shooting that JV just doesn't, to be honest. And let's face it, JV was pump faking 93% of the time for the three point line, anyways. So, um, but no, Gasol's a great high post player, low post player. You can really move him anywhere on the court. I'm assuming he's going to start beside Siakam. Mbaka's going to come off the bench. Um, he's a very, I wouldn't even say underrated passer. I think he's just a very good passer. I think that's well known and. NBA circles by now, um, you could you could run initiate the offense through him on some plays, um, and I think he's just a very good fit. Whenever you get a guy that's just so fundamentally sound, 
Um, again, he's 34 years old, so he's seen just about everything in the NBA. Um, whenever you get a guy like that, I mean, you can't really put him on any team and say he's going to be a bad fit. I think he's going to fit in just perfectly. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing on that is, like, it's that it's just the decision-making. Like, you talk about when you see the offense get clunky and you see it's like, all right, we're making the next pass, but it takes an extra second to get that pass off or it's a little bit inaccurate or, like, the guy who catches it is a little shaky with the decision. Those are things that haunt you in the playoffs. Yeah. Because you can't get away with that against good defenses who are zoned in on you. And what Marcus all gives you is, like, lightning quick decision making mm-hmm. he knows what the next pass is going to be and he can make it without hesitating and it's just that that bit of polish that you can apply so sure maybe his upside at this point is not what jv's might be uh but i think in terms of the things that you need in the matchups you're going to face and just what gasol can bring in terms of decision making like it should make the offense hum and in terms of on defense, just deciding when to switch, when to drop back. I can see a lot of it coming into play. And in terms of the one thing that we had seen with JV over time is that basically we had come into this season where it's like, okay, we got JV and Surge, and it's going to be situational, which one we play. Right? So there would going to be cases where it's like some games you can only play Surge, some games you can only play JV, uh, or you can play both, but one of them is much less effective than the other. By getting Gasol, what you do is you kind of duplicate your strengths, where it's like now you have a guy who you can play in basically any type of matchup you face and more likely the matchups that you're going to face in the playoffs. So when you play Boston, you play uh, you play Philly, you play Milwaukee, you can put Gasol out there and know that he's not going to be targeted maybe in the same way as JV is. So while JV, you know, has shown that he's become really good at rim protection um, and has shown other, like, his great defensive metrics in other ways, since he only plays in favorable matchups, <clears throat> uh, now you have more matchup versatility, I think, with Gasol. So those are the two things on both sides of the ball, which I think make this trade really, really just pretty damn great. <laughs> yeah, look, a couple more points on Mark that I really want to touch on. I mean, first off, he's... It's it's not just that he's a really good passer, but it's the fact that he can shoot. And so all of a sudden, it's one thing where you get the ball to JV in the high post and no one's guarding him, right? Like what you you can't really do too much with that. There's just not a lot of um, there's not space because there's someone literally helping off a of JV at the rim. And same thing with Ibaka, to be honest. Ibaka is just not even a good passer in the first place, so he's not really running things for you for the offense. Marcus saw you know Sahal mentioned earlier you can play him in the low post, but I think it's better to play him in the high post. Yeah, and he pulls a big out of the paint, and all of a sudden you have cutters, and you have one of the best passing big men in the league. I mean, before everyone went gaga over Nikola Jokic, it was Marcus Saul's passing that people were, you know, Zach Lowe's writing ten things about, right? And like Marcus Saul is the type of guy who's going to bring that guy out of the paint, and then you all of a sudden you have a lot of different looks in terms of how you can use the rest of the players. I would say OG Ananobi is a really good cutter. We don't see him cut ever because he doesn't get a chance to do that with the second unit. You don't you don't get to see a guy like um, Norman Powell cut too much because again he's expected to run most of the offense. The Raptors have never had a guy who you can actually run offense from out of the post. Just never. It's never happened. Um, at least not in this era, right? Uh, you probably could say Chris Bosh or whatever, but like not in this era. You cannot say that. And the Raptors going to have that dimension. It's going to make them more dynamic offensively. And also the fact about shooting is really important because I think the Raptors made this trade like with the Bucks in mind, right? Like 
the Raptors yeah. basically approaches trade deadline like, who is the most deadly opponent to us? Like, who are we going to struggle with? They kind of f- figured Philly, we can handle Philly. Even with Tobias Harris, we can handle Philly, right? It's not too big of an issue, right? It's sort of like Boston or Milwaukee. Which one's the bigger threat? They didn't really address the Boston thing because they still don't have anyone to guard Kyrie at all. But at least with Milwaukee, if you're going to face Milwaukee, you need a stretch five. And not just a stretch five, but you need someone who can hit above the break threes because all the Bucks do defensively is collapse the paint. And Marcus Gasol is a really, really good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter from above the break. And all of a sudden, the Bucks are not going to be able to defend the same way as they would previously. They might have to defend one-on-one with no help protection at the rim. And all of a sudden, you got Pascal going there. you got Kawhi going there. You even got Kyle going there. And that's why you make this trade. Facts. And the other thing the Bucks give up is a bunch of mid-range shots. That too. And I think uh, Marcus Gasol... It's not even just about hitting the mid-range shot. It's just, I forget, I can't find the stat right now. I forgot who tweeted it. But I think Marcus All has led um, the league in elbow touch time mm-hmm. over the last, like, five years. So, like, that's a spot where he's going to catch the ball. He's going to be open, and he can either shoot, which he's shown that he has a proficiency to shoot from there. I think his heat map, I think, I don't know if it's the left elbow or the right elbow, but one of the two elbows shoots 49% from the elbow. And then on top of that, it's like, all right, if they do hit, you've got a dude who can just straight up pass out of there instantly. Yeah. And the one thing that, like, it really brings is the, like, when you switch from being, you know, a pseudo contender to being a team that wants to actually contend and play well in the playoffs, like, we know that your playoff depth is really only going to come down to maybe your best eight or nine man rotation. Yeah. Right. Realistically. So at some point, the Raptors were going to have to consolidate. And this became it. They realized they're like, okay who are our best eight, nine guys going to be in the playoffs that we're going to play? And we need to be able to play them in every matchup. So you already had your starting five mm-hmm. that we've had for a while. And then on the bench, you're going to bring off Fred Van Vliet. OG Ananobi's probably going to fit in any matchup defensively. And then Norm Powell is probably that eighth guy, right? Right. Yeah. That you can probably count on. I mean, he's way outplayed DeLon. Since his injury, exactly. like since coming back from injury, Norman Powell's been honestly the best bench player the Raptors had. Right, and, and the so thing, the thing, guys, with DeLon, too, is that, um, like, a lot of guys in my circle were really pissed off uh, more about the DeLon thing than the JV, because it's, with JV, it's kind of like you're just getting a, I don't want to say a more improved JV, because him and Gasol are different players in, in, in some ways, but um, a lot of the guys that I, that I was, that I talked to regularly about, you know, basketball, were complaining about getting rid of DeLon Wright, but uh, they weren't really understanding his contract situation. As far as I know, uh, the Raptors have already tried, you know, dealing uh, dealing with DeLon and trying to get an extension out of him, and they couldn't. And I'm assuming, obviously, money was the issue. DeLon probably thought he was worth more than whatever the Raptors were offering, and he's a restricted free agent coming up. So, I mean, if you don't get rid of him now, it's are you even going to get back DeLon, right? Are you going to get him for nothing? It's, it's, it's one of those things where everything just came into play for Ujiri, and he made the move, and I think it was a good move, especially when you look at what's going to happen in the summer coming up. Um, you just don't know. And although JV's injury is a, a pretty minor one, um, he was out for some time, but he didn't get like a debilitating knee injury or anything like that. Um, it's also going to take JV some time, you know, to get back into the swing of things. And I think Gasol comes in. He's played every single game this season. Um, so why why don't you make that move? And yeah. the one thing is you're switching. So basically, when you go to that eight nine man rotation, you're gonna have dudes on the court that are gonna be like finishers on plays that are gonna be the scorers, 
So what the Raptors also really needed was, like, DeLon and Fred as playmakers haven't been particularly great this season. What Gasol gives you is it gives you another guy who's going to get the ball and can make a play. So you're replacing yeah. JV, who was going to be a play finisher, with someone who might not be the same level of play finisher as him, though he can finish different types of plays now because he can stretch the floor. But it gives you another guy who can make a decision to, like, keep the play going and hit the pass and hit a Kawhi, right. hit a cutter yeah. in OG. So it makes the other guys that are limited in their role more valuable. And also, if you think about it, basically the Raptors bench unit with Gasol out there now, so you put Gasol out there with the Raptors bench, how much different is that than, like, the Memphis Grizzlies starting lineup? It's really not that different. Like, obviously, yeah. Conley is way better than Fred, but that's about it. The rest of the roster is actually way better than what the Grizzlies were tossing out there. And that's what I'm saying about the thing. Like, a lot of these players, like OG, like Norm, I could see them improving a lot just because they could actually now use their athleticism to cut. And they actually can actually run a different type of offense. Where, like, look, if you look at the Raptors' offense, most of the set actions are pick and roll. Like, they try to run off-ball stuff for Danny and a little bit for Kyle. But, like, they just they don't really have the type of playmakers who can sort of run the offense while those guys are away from the ball. And, like... Now that you have Gasol there, I'm not saying this is going to change everything. Cause like, let's, let's also be real about the realities here. Like, Gasol has sort of been up and down the last two years. He, he really has, you know, when he's motivated, he's been very good. And when he's not motivated, which has been the majority of the last two seasons, he's not been very good. And if you're getting the not motivated version of Gasol, then you're not getting a guy who rebounds. You're not getting a guy who finishes. He shoots like a really poor percentage for someone who is, you know, seven foot. Um, and there is a there is a bit of a downside here, and also there's the fact that he's paid twenty six million dollars next year. There's a player option. I personally think that the Raptors could probably deal with that by offering him like an extension and sort of make him turn that down. Maybe you offer him like, you know, two um, thing. Yeah, like a two year like thirty eight, and you tell him that look, it look, oh, I guess it really depends on if Kawhi's staying or not. But yeah, I mean, even even worst case scenario, even if Gasol takes that player option, like it's not like you can't move him again next year. It's not too hard to move a guy who's making twenty six million, who's expiring, and who has an actual value in the league, right? Like you can get especially, mutual value, especially when next year, like all these teams have max uh, cap room. There aren't that many max players, so there's going to be quite a few teams who are going to need to preserve that cap room for one more year. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be too hard to get off contracts if Kawhi does leave. Right. And the thing is, if Kawhi leaves, then like it's a lot easier to get off of a, I think a Gasol contract than say a longer JV contract. Not that you might want to or not, but JV at 27 might be aged out for a rebuild anyways. Right. Um, well, I mean, he never was looked at as a future piece of the roster, right? Like true. they've tried to dump JV yeah. a couple times. And like this again, like I like it's not to be negative about JV. I think JV like has become basically the best, uh, like the best version of that like yeah. bench big man or that situational big role big man. Mm-hmm. Where it's like if you need a role threat and you need a big screener, JV's I think the best version of that in the NBA. Like he is a very effective offensive player as a finisher. Um, but is he a star player on a team? No, because he can't really create plays. Um, and that's where like. I think the biggest difference when you bring in Gasol is he gives you a guy who's just more dynamic. Yep. So, like, if the shot clock's running down and your big has the ball, you're Gasol not can, <laughs> Like, Gasol, taking, Gasol can hit a fadeaway jump shot. Yeah. Like, that, that is something that he can do. Like, a running awkward jump shot, he can hit that. JV can't really do much with the ball. Like, JV and Serge, when they get the ball and they get trapped, 
it's very difficult for them to kind of deal with it. They have trouble dealing with it. We've seen it over right. and over again. Right. Now you have a big who can deal with it. So when that role doesn't work out correctly, you have a chance to get the ball out, out of there. Yeah, that's So huge. I think in terms of, like, looking at playoff window, this is the move you had to make. And I know that, like, a lot of fans are tied up in heart, and that's what happens. Like, you get sold these guys, and you have to believe – in a team every single year that oh this team has it mm-hmm. like i believe these like you have to believe every one of your guys is 10 to 15 percent better than they probably actually are and that's always you put a lot into these players as fans so to see them leave or see them be traded now at like the end game it's it kind of hurts because it's like oh like what have i been rooting for this whole time if like now if this team wins like half the guys i rooted for this whole time aren't even part of it so and I guess that's the kind of dirty truth in the NBA that every season is in it, like in it of itself, mm-hmm. like it's individual to each piece. And the problem is that when you start getting near the end game now, like this is it, this is it. This is probably the last major year for the Raptors to contend. After this next year, probably the old guys are all gone anyways. So you have this one year, one and a half year window to, if you want to do something, do something. So this is where you swing for the fences and you just try to bring in the most polished pieces you can for a playoff performance and that's the one thing you get a guy who's played in the playoffs before and made decisions in the playoffs before and performed in the playoffs as a number one guy yeah so like this is a hundred percent a playoff move and that's i think the one thing that you can really like about this trade yeah and we we talked about um gasol we talked about jv we talked about delon um but cj miles is in this trade as well oh yeah get rating of him is is also pretty big He's a yeah. nice, nice guy, but, I mean, he's just fallen off completely. Yeah, he's just – he's struggled this season. I mean, he has found his way a little bit over the last few weeks, but, I mean, he struggled this year. He's he's getting paid $8-some eight, eight million dollars a year. Um, I believe he's 31 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but CJ's a guy that has been in trade talks for quite a while now. And, I mean, you, you can't really be angry at that as a CJ Miles stan, wherever you guys are. Um, but – CJ's a guy that I really genuinely do hope he finds his way, um, at least to the end of his this current contract that he's on um, with Memphis. Um, great guy, great player. And honestly, uh, I think he will. Like, at the worst case, like, he's an amazing locker room veteran. And, like, as a shooter, like, he came on these last couple of weeks. Like, the shooting was bad at the beginning of the season. Like, there's nothing to really say about it. Yeah. But I don't think there was anything that kind of said, like, oh, this guy just straight up can't shoot anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, like, at a smaller role where maybe there's less pressure where maybe like he'll do fine. And honestly, like we knew that he was going to end up getting traded just because like Danny green basically replaced him as the, his knee position. Danny green stole his entire life. He stole his entire life. All right. Like we're talking about the go-to post game guy is, is, is Danny. The go-to three point shooter is Danny. Yeah. The go-to veteran is Danny. He's took yeah. literally his entire life. Like, the only thing that wasn't there is Lauren Miles, which that's probably the bigger loss than CJ. Lauren Miles, honestly, one of the greatest additions to Raptors Twitter, like, Raptors I think, Twitter. ever. Yeah. In terms of it. So that really does suck. I'm not going to lie. Like, I saw the Raptors at an open practice at Ryerson at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and Lauren Miles happened to be there. And that was probably the most starstruck I was that entire event. I was like, oh, shit, Lauren Miles here. <laughs> Yeah, she was she was a great part of, of Raptors Twitter. But I mean back to CJ, I think his his drop off was just way too drastic for us to be like, Hey, this guy's done, his career's over type thing. 
Um, he should bounce back. I mean, I'm not worried with CJ Miles. Like you said, he probably just needs a, a, a less a pressure, uh, an environment with less pressure. But other than that, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with CJ. Yeah, I was gonna say, even, and again, he's not a, we saw last year, even healthy, he's not a playoff type player. He's just not, right? What's that Draymond Green quote? There's 82 game players and 16 game players. Yeah. Like, CJ is a 82 game player. Um, and yeah. Mar- Mar- Marcus Marcus <laughs> is definitely a 16 game player. Well, you're, you really, okay. Alright. What? That. Well, what? that's pretty harsh, but yeah, that's true. No, it's true. true. Look, remember last year, like, CJ was Mar- not really a playoff guy. Like, it's, it's unfortunate. Not, not a lot of 30 year olds are, you know what I mean? Like you gotta be an all-star level player really to contribute at that level. And you know, that just, it is what it is. We don't have to talk too much about CJ. Um, one thing the Raptors gotta address right now is they got 10 roster spots left because they also salary dumped Malachi Richardson and Greg Monroe. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, uh well, the Raptors, the Raptors 905 playoff push is gonna be a little difficult this season. I think Malachi was leading them in scoring or one of their leading scorers. Um, other than that, I have no idea. Shout out to Greg Monroe. Um, he legit did everything we needed him to do for the yeah, Like did. he filled his role great. Um, I hope he lands somewhere mm-hmm. uh, that you know can use Yo, him listen, and get his stats up. Shin, the the like, Xinjiang Flying Tigers are going to take care of him. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I still think he's going to be eating three cup NBA chicken somewhere. four times a day. I don't think it's that bad. Like I'm sure he can get on like a lottery team and like just be a bench big. Like the fact that he was able to play like. Even serviceably just, for us, he'll be great. a bench big. Asad, you're right. He'll be a bench big. He'll just be on the bench, backing up. Uh... No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's going to be backing up Al Jefferson for Xinjiang Flying Tigers. He's backing I'm up Jared Sellinger, man. I'm sorry to say it, man. He's going to uh, be backing up Jared Nobody backs up Jared Sellinger. There's no space back there. Uh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. So, who do you guys? Who do you guys looking for in terms of buyout guys? <laughs> um. Because you you assume Jordan Lloyd and uh, and Boucher are going to fill two roster spots, right? Yeah, Convert those two. That's easy. And then there's three more guys you got to bring in. Yeah, the Wayne, Wayne Ellington's been talked about a lot. He okay. just got released from the Phoenix Suns. Um, Jeremy Lin is another is another option. Coincidentally, the Raptors are facing Atlanta today, and I don't, I don't think Jeremy's really played that played that much. I was going to say Jeremy already playing for the Raptors right now. <laughs> He's been terrible yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> well, he got elbowed by Siakam on a turn right now in the face, so. Might be some bad blood. Yeah, you're straight but, uh, mad slow, man. We're already in the third quarter right now. Raptors up 85, 80, or 88, 85. Yeah, it'll be, I, I think, I think realistically, more likely, I think Markeith Morris might be someone we pick up. Is he healthy though? I don't know if he's healthy, but I feel like if he gets healthy, like he's going to get bought out. If he's going to get healthy, I feel like that's going to be one of the spots. Cause I think Wayne Mel- Ellington's basically going to end up in L.A. I think he said as much that that's where he kind of wants to go. Yeah, why not? So he's willing to do that, and he's been in L.A. before. Um, Wes Matthews, I think, has already promised to Indiana. Um, Jeremy Lin. The Hawks are weird. We don't even know Hawks if he'll buy him out. That's the thing. They like, might not buy him out. The dream situation is if they buy out, like, basically everybody, anybody the Hawks buy out, I kind of want the Raptors. But <laughs> Like, right. hey, Vince Carter, honest to God, Vince Carter would be great on the Raptors. Not even – Bro, Vince was splashing threes. Of homer. He's – like, he's – if you bring him in for five to eight minutes, he's going to hit threes, and he's going to make the right play. Like, the dude does his job. Guys, like, I have totally... a question, guys. What yeah. do you guys think about the Raptors um, looking at – oh, actually reuniting Marcus Gasol and Zach Randolph? 
Nah, Zach, nah, Zach's too big at this point, man. Zach's I mean, too Zach big. Randolph was already at Greg Monroe levels like two years ago, which is like yeah, the yeah, last no. time we saw no. him play basketball. No. Yeah, yeah. Yo, this but is the, this is the, yeah, okay, make the case no, for Zach. I was gonna say, if you get that big, whoever it is, like I saw Ennis, people were saying like Ennis Cantor, if we can no. get him on a minimum, it is what it is, but like, nah, Ennis brings a whole lot of trouble. But anyways, Zach is the type of guy where it's like, if you get that big, I don't even think you have to really play him. I think you're just getting Zach as a locker room guy. If you, I'm assuming whoever gets Zach's gonna get him on a minimum. And once you get him on a minimum, I mean, he's, as far as I know, he's a good locker room guy. He already has ties with Marcus All. Um, he's a respected guy around the league. My thing is, why not? If you can get him on a minimum, fill one roster spot. I'm not saying you're done once you get Zach Randolph, but. <clears throat> I just don't know how much you need locker room guys right now, and I don't know how much you need Zach Randolph for anything. <laughs> All right, all right. Like, yo, like, he literally <laughs> hasn't played a minute. <laughs> like, yeah. Why don't we just bring no. in Melo at that point? Like, no, 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 no. Don't even say Melo's <laughs> name. Like, I know some people are thinking Melo. No. This uh, is this is the reunion you want, okay? Yeah. Raptors Republic's very own, Sahal Abdi. Let's get it. <laughs> who yeah. led the Orlando Magic and assists with yeah. 3.9 last year. He just got yeah. waived by the Hawks. He look, I'm I'm not I'm like Shelvin Mack actually might not be the worst case scenario here. All right, he averaged eight points a game. He shot 36 percent from three. He's actually okay at offense. I'm not saying he's great. He's like an average, maybe even slightly below average backup point guard. But if if we were talking about between Jordan Lloyd or even between Zach Randolph and and bringing in Shelvin Mack, like I don't know, maybe you bring in Shelvin Mack. He's not that bad. He's six three. He he'd be our biggest point guard. <laughs> I mean, he's over six foot. That's I, I feel like I want a point guard that's over is, six I think, foot. I think of those three spots, one of them is going to be filled with an, an XG leaguer of some kind. Whether it's an like XG I, leaguer, huh? Yeah, like I don't know. Maybe we bring Lorenzo Brown back, or we bring, yeah, like <laughs> Mal, bring Malcolm Miller up or something. I don't know. Like, Malcolm Miller be, just got healthy, bro. Let 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 Hamdi Miller recover, but please. I think of those three spots, like I don't think any of them are really going to play, and it's like you really need like what one or one shooter and one point guard, and then maybe a rebounding big. And I don't know if those yeah. guys are actually out there, mm-hmm. so there isn't really much to see there unless Atlanta gets rid of Jeremy Lin, and then you get Jeremy Lin to come to Canada. Yeah, I was I was really hoping for Wesley Matthews, but I mean he almost immediately decided he was going to go to the Indiana Pacers. Well, I mean, the, I'll be honest. Indiana made some pretty great moves at this trade deadline. And I don't think they're completely out of the playoff race yet. No, like, they're, they're not. They're right there in that 3-4-5. And yeah. I think they can compete in that 3-4-5. Bro, imagine we get to play Atlanta in the second round. Oh, Indiana. Sorry, yeah, Indiana. That would be the dream. That would be the dream. Also, by the way, Raptors uh, up 92-86. 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Let's see if they can hold on. Vince Carter in the post against Pat McCall. Oh my God, what a spin move and a dunk! <laughs> Yo, bring Vince, keep Vince, man. <laughs> Yo, I'm not even kidding. He just posted him up, hit him with a spin move, lost him, and a dunk the ball. Damn. Serious question, Vince Carter. Do you think in like his 15 minutes a night that he plays that they're more valuable than like any of the Raptors bench players? Uh, I mean, now we'll have one of Gasol, Gasol or. Surge off no, the bench. I mean like going back, like compare him to like Norm Powell is probably the best, best bench, most productive bench guy. Mm. I think Vince has been better than him. Let's be real, Vince has been way better than OG this year. Vince is so freaking good. Yeah, for a forty-two-year-old man, you just gotta remember Vince doesn't really care about winning anymore. Like I don't know. If yeah, 
I don't know why Vince plays basketball. I, he really does not care. He's there for the bag. He's there to to do his you know his spin dunk like he did today every like sixteen games. He's not there for. I don't really think he cares. He's about there that. for exercise, one hundred percent. Yo, he <laughs> looks like a man who's out there for exercise. Let's be real. <laughs> he, this he, is the YMCA for him. Like he's not. This is like this is this is cardio, my guy. Uh, I don't have to pay for a gym pass. It's great. Yo, look at him, man. He just looks like icy hot, like human icy hot. That's Vince, man. Yo, Jeremy has been terrible today. That's that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Jeremy's gonna be perfect though. He he would be nice, yeah. He's better than Shelvin Mack, at least. Um, all right, yo, last thing. Favorite moments of CJ, favorite moments of DeLon, favorite JV moments. Let's commemorate these guys. Um, I'll start um, with at least at least with CJ. I mean, the Open Gym episode was CJ and the birth of his daughter and sort of how touching that episode was. It's, I think that was the moment where everyone was like, yo, we're all in on CJ, right? I mean, like, CJ was pretty good last year anyway, just as a bench guy. He kind of faded, but whatever, right? That open gym episode is probably the best open gym episode I've ever seen. Um, and, and yeah, that, that, that was probably one of my favorites. Um, what are some of your favorite, uh, CJ, DeLon, and JV moments? Uh, for me, like, I just like what like anytime CJ came off a curl and just took a forty foot, thirty five foot three, mm. that that was so it just made me feel so happy. That's your move. Because that's yeah, that's my move. I love it. <laughs> and to see it happen like in game was just amazing. To see like this guy who kind of looks a little like because CJ likes in shape, but he's not in shape, and he's just like yeah, really yeah. long as well. So he like looks athletic but old. He's literally you. And he's great. He's just chucking threes, and I was like, I love this guy just because he's chucking threes. I just very much enjoy. Oh yeah, no. What was that? You know what the moment was? It was CJ's almost dunk from last season, off of the off of an off off of a miss. Mm. He almost had a putback dunk. I forget who the player was, and I forget what team it was against. But it, CJ came flying through the paint and almost threw down like basically a tomahawk putback dunk out of nowhere, and we were like, "Holy crap! CJ Miles can dunk!" Because you forget. That he used to be this super athletic guy. So that was probably it. Um, Delon, probably the Ubre. Ubre. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Vince just stuffed the shit out of OG. Like, he blocked him to the floor and everything. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> yo, OG. How do you – you can't let him do that to you. Any other, uh, any other um, uh, moments? JV moments? Come on. JV's been here forever. JV, yeah, JV – um, if we're talking on court moments, when he absolutely dominated the Pacers a few years yes, back, yes, yes. Um, that... Miles Turner mm. had to. JV was his father that series. I mean, and then yep. he fought Paul George that series. Yep. Uh, Ian Mahinimik just could not handle JV at all. Like, and that was such a good moment as a Raptors fan because. You're watching that and you're like, there's, there's been so many times where Raptors fans have been saying, like, you know, JV, like, if only he averaged 32 minutes a game or 34 minutes a game, like, and he'd average this and that and he'd be an all-star. And then, like, you watch that series and you're like, wow, like, yeah, this is what JV would look like. I mean, this is what we were thinking, but is this what JV would look like if, you know, if Bro, you really feel him like this? The first three games against the Heat in 2016? 
Yeah. Like, before he went down with that ankle injury or whatever he had. Hey, Whiteside looked like a child. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. That's, then, I know it sounds crazy now because, like, no one, no one rates Whiteside anymore. But this was the Whiteside that earned a max contract, okay? People actually, he was, like, leading the league in blocks and stuff like that. JV dusted this man. Dusted him. And actually, my favorite JV moment was just the annual destruction of uh, Andre Drummond. Andre oh, Drummond. yes. Goddamn. Yes, Yo, JV versus JV Drummond, made man. Andre Drummond looked like a fool every single time they got on the court together. And then the open gym scene, where Messiah you're way better Yo. than Drummond. Andre Drummond taking that personally, and then the next time they play JV, setting him again. Yo. I remember, like, the first game of the season, like, maybe 2016, 2017. I forget which year it was. JV versus Drummond. JV had, like, you know, 30 points. And, and, yo, like, oh, and he crap. got him with the pump fake three times. He got every single piston with the pump fake. Boban fell for it. John Luer fell for it. Yo, JV's pump fake is one of the top Raptor go-to moves. And there's not a lot of competition for it because I don't remember that many other go-to moves for the Raptors. It's like, you know, Serge Ibaka pick-and-pop jumper, Chris Bosh, lefty dunk, you know, Vince Carter doing whatever. But JV's yeah, pump Martin, fake. Derek Martin finger roll. Like, yeah, keep going. Yo, what yo, what finger roll was he doing? He's finger rolling up the rim. That's, all, that's the only finger roll he did. <laughs> no, but JV, do you guys remember when JV tried that free throw line dunk? That was honestly... <laughs> Ricked it so hard, like I'm talking. But honestly, it was a foul. So I mean, it is what it is. It is. But no, JV, JV last season dunking all over Milwaukee at the yep. buzzer and oh, and one. Yeah, yep. should have yep. called. Yep. Him getting knocked to the ground and then getting picked up by Serge and then Serge like getting him in a chokehold. And then honestly, JV had a great year last year. Just great year, man. That the 52 point uh, paper right before, right behind Demar. Um, the <laughs> yeah, 22 like, point paper right behind Fred VanVleet. And you can go back so many years, like JV on the bench trying to put, trying to put yo. him into a game. <laughs> yeah, and Bruno laughing. Like, Bruno laughing at him. Yo, imagine Bruno. Yo, Bruno, you don't get to laugh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> really don't. Bruno. Um, I was literally somehow still admitted into Ryerson and absolutely tearing it up with the Grizzlies right now. I don't know yeah. how he's doing both, but um, back to JV. Yo. <laughs> JV, honestly, man, the, the Richard Jefferson fight. There's been so many. Oh my yes. The, the time he had the ball stolen from him at half court. Oh, Karan Butler. Yeah. Karan Butler. Yeah. Was Russell Westbrook, John Wall. Like, JV, JV yep. had a really memorable Raptors career, man. JV was a tough net, guy, for real. playoff series where he goaltended the shot, <laughs> but the shot, like, at the end of, what was it, the end of the fourth? Or was it the end of the third? I think Darren Williams took a shot from, like, half court. It was like a heave. Yeah. And JV jumps up to just swat it away, mm. and it's like, oh shit, that's a goal ten if that shot counts. What the hell's going on? Oh lord. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, also, so, shout out course. to shout out to JV for all the times he actually showed up to the playoffs. Oh, like yeah. a lot of a lot of times, the Raptors would have star players missing in action. You know, loyalty never questioned, but star players would sometimes not show up, and JV would be the guy that had to step up. Yeah, J- and JV had clear skin too. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Oh my god, yo, yo! How dare you? How how dare you? Um, oh my god! But yeah, and JV revived Borat for yes, yep. That was great. Yep. Um, yeah. Victory baby. Victory baby. Um, just a good dude. Like a lot of like uh, good suits, good bow ties. No one's gonna be wearing bow ties. I don't think. I don't think Marcus is wearing bow ties. Speaking um, of suits, yo, DeLon Wright's one of his best moments has to be whatever he, yo, whatever the hell 
wearing last week. When he wore the Tracy McGrady suit for a Juicy Fruit ad? Tracy McGrady? He took that out of Dwayne Casey's closet. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts. That's facts. Dwayne Casey left him with a $200 gift card at Moore's. I told you, I tweeted about it. Nick Nick Nurse benched him and he was shouting out Dwayne Casey's. Just no one really took it in. Oh, man. Damn. That's that's right up there with James Johnson with his uh, painting his head red. Actually, sorry, I forgot a DeLon moment. That DeLon had, uh, what was that ad with the goat? Was that Juicy Fruit? Yeah. (laughs) Yo, who, 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 why were people putting DeLon right in ads? Delon right now persuading me to buy DeLon anything. Right juicy fruit ad much better than the Delon right Snickers ad. Uh, yeah, or or the Delon versus OG Sprite ad. Oh god. Also, by the way, the uh, the GoDaddy curse traded off the Raptors. This is what happened. You yeah, sign yeah, with GoDaddy. These are the consequences, man. Nobody survives one year with GoDaddy except Norm because Norm had the long term contract. But yikes. Like yo, if we're gonna do it, just give it to like Patrick McCaw. Like, he already lost a lot of money this year. Just give mm. him the GoDaddy endorsement for the rest of the year. Yo, R- Raptors are really up 11, eh? Damn, they played this yeah, game like, so badly to start the game. I thought this was an L for sure. 